Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, Richard, Seth, Krim, and me, Tomer, we discuss Commander-related topics. And now that it is the end of 2021, we're wrapping things up with a top 10 list of what we would recommend are the top 10 most powerful cards for Commander. Um, We also are talking from our own perspective of like, you know, we're not CEDH, we're more like uh, casual-ish or maybe even semi-competitive. So that's the sphere that we're actually aiming for. Top 10, if if you didn't follow anything going on in terms of Commander products this year, and you're looking for just the best cards to stock up on uh, from 2021 to make sure that they're going to be just good in basically any deck that you can put them in, this is going to be the podcast for you. So we're going to be doing the top 10, and then we're going to be doing some honorable mentions afterwards. Some cards that we don't really have a consensus on. There's going to be a little bit of a debate, but the top 10 are basically, we all kind of agree that these are going to be the best, and we're going to explain why. So the way we we figured out uh, the top 10 list is each of us gave uh, each of these cards a ranking and we're using just the regular tier list maker ranking from D to S. So D we have as don't play. We're actively looking to cut it from our deck. And if we do see it in our hand for whatever reason, we hope to just randomly discard it rather than play it. At C, we have average, which is usually just mediocre filler cards. Uh, We'll add it in our decks sometimes if we have to. Usually if it's like a budget choice, if we have like extreme budget decks, this might make the cut. B is only good in certain decks. So this deck can be phenomenal, but it's only phenomenal in a very specific archetype. And outside of it, it doesn't see like broad appeal outside of, you know, one or two really good archetypes. A is really good overall. So you're going to see it in a lot of decks and multiple archetypes, and it's going to be fantastic in all of them. But you might not just put it as an auto-include in every single deck that can run it. And then finally at S, we have the auto-includes, which is an auto-include in every single deck. Basically, you're going to run this card in every single deck that you can run it, and you'd have to have a really good reason why you wouldn't. For example, like you're you're like nerfing your deck to run it, or like you're so heavy on a theme that this card doesn't fit the theme, so you're gonna make a reason why you can't run this card. So, but otherwise, S is like a guaranteed staple. Before we jump into the actual cards, though, if you would like to support the show, uh, you can purchase the beautiful playmats on Richard's wall, uh, deck boxes, sleeves, t-shirts, and much more by going to the MTG Goldfish merch store. Uh, the link is... Er, blah. Wait, 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 one second. MTGGoldfishMerch.com. That's where you go to buy all the good stuff. Um, so, yep, that, that's how you can help. And also, you can like and subscribe um, if you're on uh, Spotify or iTunes or wherever. You can follow, you can like button, you can do all that good stuff on YouTube. You can subscribe to us as well. That all helps us grow and, and, and keep all this content coming. All right. We're going to start things by just going around the table, introducing the cards from number 10. Richard, kick off the top 10. What's number 10 on our list? All right. We have Burgie, God of Storytelling, from Caldime. Uh, collectively, as a group, we've rated as an A. Individual rankings is ABBA. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Richard and Tomer have it at A. 
Seth and Krim have it as B, and it's a two-faced card, <laughs> front side. Uh, it's a three-mana, three-three creature. Uh, creatures you control can boast twice during your turn. Kind of irrelevant. Whenever you cast a spell, add red mana until end of turn. You don't lose mana uh, as steps and phases end. And then the back side, uh, I think, is the more powerful side. It's five mana, legendary artifact. Discard a card. Exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those cards this turn. So essentially when I play it, I play the backside and I discard my whole hand and just like dig deep <laughs> into my deck to <laughs> do what I'm trying to do. So I really like it. And the front side you can use as like in a spell slinger or storm deck, something like that. Uh, so pretty solid card, pretty versatile. Can also be your commander. You can also build a bow stack with it. Uh, though I've literally, <laughs> I've never seen. I haven't seen it. Has anybody seen a deck with Burji boast tribal? I've literally, not a single one. Not a single time. It's like that text isn't even there. Have you ever it's, seen a boast card? Yeah, I mean, is there a playable oh, boast card? Oh, there yeah. is. There is. Uh, the, the demon. Yeah, yeah that's Varagoth. it. Yeah, Varagoth's yeah, yeah. pretty sweet. I, that's well, that's but, it. But Birdie's mono red, so it's really tough. Like, if you want to build yeah. bro, you want Birdie as your commander because it doubles your boast, and there's like four boast cards that are red or something. So it's, oh, and it's a bad mechanic on top of it's that. It's a bad mechanic. I'm, I'm really curious, though. A seems a little high to me. Like, I had this at B. I like Burgie, but do you guys play this outside of, like, Spellslinger decks? Like, is this just something you jam no. in any any red deck? For me, it's kind of like, if I'm playing Spellslinger, I'm going to always play Burgie because it's really good. But in just a generic deck that has red mana, Burgie isn't something I really consider adding to my deck, honestly. That is, I'm right there with you, Seth, on that one. I don't think I'm ever playing this outside of a Spellslinger deck. And if I'm not, like, loaded with a bunch of cheap spells or anything like that, yeah, or, or like, I guess CDH, but yeah. Like, th this this is a card that I just don't often feel like playing ever. So, so I, I put it as a... What did I put it as? I put it as an A. Oh, yeah. Or a, 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 a because... A is because uh, it's not just good in Spellsinger. I think it's also really good in Exile Matters. And that's, like, a relatively new archetype. We didn't really see Exile Matters until uh, 20, uh, I want to say 2020 or 2019. Whenever Commander Legends came out, they had uh, the Boros one, Bell Borka, became Exile Matters. It cares about uh, the converted, the mana, the mana value of the whatever Exile card happens this turn. Uh, but then much more recently, or like much more popular uh, rising, this archetype is Prosper Tomebound. Uh, which is like the most popular Rakdos commander on EDH Rec. Like it is by far, it just exploded in popularity. And Prosper is all about exiling cards and making treasure out of it. It's it's one of the strongest commanders they've ever printed. Um, and I think this is like a trend that they're going with going forward too with Exile Matters uh, as a as recurring theme. And Burji fits really, really well. The backside of Burji fits really, really well in those decks. But also the front side, yeah, it, it only is it's only good in like storm decks, but it's like one of the best cards in storm. Like this like the front side of Burgi basically lets you chain together so many more spells in a single turn than you normally otherwise could and it basically enables you to storm off. Like in a storm deck you're making 10 or more mana or if you have like buyback stuff that Burgi can I'll, I'll actually pay for, you can just go off. Like this is like a key card in my Vadric deck for example. So it's so good in those particular archetypes that I put it as an A instead of a regular B because the card is actually just an all-star in there 
and those those archetypes are so popular that I wouldn't call them like you know sea monster tier or whatever. As, as some people have that sounds like a B to me. I, I'm a I true A believer. I I think that you just play it in any random red deck, and it's pretty decent. Like red card mm. draw is not that good, so you just slap it down five mana. And start drawing cards, right? And obviously, like Tomer said, Exile Matters, Spell Slinger, this card is the nuts, right? So I think if you had a red deck, any red deck, including, you know, multiple colors like 4C or something, you just slap this in and it's like a pretty decent card. Especially if you're not filled with money and playing like Wheel of Fortune and stuff. Like you can't draw really easily in red, so. Yeah, fair enough. All right, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> it's number ten. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have. We're gonna have, obviously we don't agree to on every single card, even in our top ten. But the top ten is clearly like our most highest consensus, so we're not gonna have that much debate. But wait until the honorable mention. Wait until the honorable mentions. Then it gets then it gets saucy. So uh, moving All right. on. All right, num- <laughs> number nine on our list. We got a uh, a new white sorcery, the White Blasphemous Act, essentially. Vanquish the Horde, eight mana, six and double white, costs one less for each creature on the battlefield, and it destroys all creatures. So uh, once a game of Commander gets going, odds are this is going to be a, a two-mana wrath, a three-mana wrath. It's going to be pretty cheap, just like you see with Blasphemous Act. We're often casting it for very little mana. Uh, so, I mean, the card's obviously good. I think you could even argue that this is maybe the best creature-only wrath in white, like better than Wrath of God or Day of Judgment or whatever. Like, being two mana is really, really powerful. There can be some inconsistencies. I've seen times when, as like the second wrath, this isn't as good, where there's not enough creatures on the battlefield and it's really expensive. But in general, I think Vanquish the Horde is a really powerful effect. And as far as our rankings, uh, we have uh, A's from Tomer and I. Krim uh, with a with an S, which I think used to be an A a second ago, but just jumped up <laughs> in the last 10 it. seconds to an S. And then uh, and then Richard, uh, the hater of Rass, coming in at a B, which for Richard is actually impressive. Because don't you rank like the best Rass in the format at C? So is this better than than the other Rass, in your opinion, no, no, Richard? No, no, no. You're referring to like terrible blue board whites, which are all C, right? But Seth is right. This is the best only creature wrath, right? So if you're just trying to kill creatures like this and Blasphemous Act are the most efficient thing, and that deserves a B, right? But I think A is where you put the versatile wraths, right? The austere commands, the cleansing novas, the uh, hour revelation. Like those kind of cards that wrath everything for a little more mana, I think are more valuable than cards but like you know if you're playing a crim control deck and you need eight rats yeah this is obviously going to go in right but if you're only playing two or three rats only I would put the Richard? versatile <laughs> <laughs> the versatile rats go in silly richard this, right? <laughs> but but don't you put any value on the fact that this is more often not going to be just a two mana wrath effect like it's a huge tempo swing where you can immediately wrath for two mana and then deploy your creatures whereas if you know like austere command is flexible but it's six mana, so generally speaking, you're going to be spending the bulk of your turn casting austere command and passing. So you say tempo, but I hear put the only thing on the battlefield, which everyone will remove afterwards, right? So unless that <laughs> tempo is winning immediately, like there's no race to like deploy all your threats again, right? I would actually much rather decree of pain and draw eight cards and just let the table deploy their threats rather than dump my hand and everyone's like, wow, there's one creature on the battlefield and I'm, you know, I'm playing this two for one or something. I must kill something. Let me kill it, right? So I don't value that tempo swing as much as as you do. 
I I'm mean, like Sonic. I, I got to go fast. <laughs> I I play Blasphemous Act. I play Toxic Deluge in like every deck. And I think this is kind of on the same level. Like I also really like the flexibility of things like a Steward Command and Cleansing Nova. And I think you do want at least some of those rests in your deck. But I think there's still room, even in 2021, to play, you know, one or two creature only rests. And I think this is just like the best one because it is two mana and you can get that tempo advantage even if you're not deploying a creature to the battlefield maybe you're playing an artifact or maybe it's giving you the mana to leave up a counter spell to counter the thing that your opponent's going to play to try to rebuild from the wrath so i do think there is value in it just being two mana you, you four mana tutor to play this for like two <laughs> mana right like that i think is the most like that's why we love toxic deluge right you can like spend a tutor grab the card and then cast it where you can't do that with the more expensive wrath Richard, yeah. Richard, Richard, Richard. <laughs> oh, as somebody who loves Wraths, and pretty much I do, I'm somewhat of a tribal player myself, if you would. Uh, I'm a Wrath tribal player, and uh, I think this would definitely be high up there. This is like an auto-include uh, in any deck that is white for me. And, and you know what? As you can all, you've seen it yourselves. Even in my aggro decks, I have a ton of Wraths. Because at some point, you will fall behind. And let me tell you, this card is amazing. Much like Tomer had mentioned, you can just pay two and then just redeploy your team. I don't think it matters what deck I'm playing. If it has white mana, and and, and like and oftentimes, as someone who doesn't go a past three mana, this is perfect. Uh, this this <laughs> sweeper will be like do everything I need it to do. So I, I think this is just, if you're playing white, it should be in your deck. I, I don't even care if it's aggro, if it's control, it's even better. If you have things that can get around this, that's great. But the mana reduction is huge, and it's just always good to me. I I pretty much agree. I, I like the I like the fact that like even if you're not redeploying, like you don't have to cast creatures. But for example, like you can you can cast this and then you can still cast a giant instant or sorcery. Uh, you can pass a turn if you draw go like that. I think that's a big appeal for like a crim deck. Like you can just spend two mana on your turn and then you have the rest of your mana to like hold up counter magic or whatever. So I, I like it a lot. I, I will run it on mo almost every single deck. It's I think it is one of the best rafts in white. Uh, which you know has a lot of co competition there's some decks that are like super i'm like super creature heavy and i i really value asymmetrical board wipes w that can keep my my board intact and then maybe i won't run it but like for if i'm in just like a generic white deck i'm going to be running it and i'm going to decide whether or not i want to take it out based on the rest of the deck uh, afterwards but like yeah it's it's nearly a staple for me i have a question for the, the table though hmm I have a question for you. Even if your deck okay. has tons of creatures in it, why wouldn't you want a wrath? I I like wrath, but I find like there's so many so many creature decks, like so many styles of creature decks that have so many loopholes around it. Like if you're a token deck, you got that that convoke to uh, yeah. destroy all known talking creatures. If you're in giants or tribal tribal, you have like destroy all non giants or dragon. You got crux of fate. You know destroy all non dragons, kindred dominance. You know, choose a, a creature type. So, like, I but, feel like there's a lot of ways to get around that, like, ar around killing your own creatures that I, but I usually go for those. But everything you mentioned usually will cost a lot of mana, right? Like, I even if I I'm, know. like, in an aggro deck, I We saved Tomer as the resident <laughs> aggro player. Why would you Wrath as the white creature player, right? You want your Wraths in emergency panic mode, but if everything is going well... 
That's my secret. That's my secret. I'm always in emergency <laughs> Krim, panic. Krim, <laughs> you you tile once, like austere command, right? You remove the stuff you need to remove, but that's, leave your board intact. Matter, Richard, I've never, I've never <laughs> even casted a spell. <laughs> but, but I mean, Chrome Dex can be behind, right? Like, they can, but that's why you are... have Undoing version, our Revelate. You have like other cards, right? But yeah, you don't want to fill. Like, you don't want to play, like, Wrath of God, Vanquish the Horde, Fumigate, and all that in, like, your creature-heavy deck, right? You want to play... I think Vanquish the Horde the modal go ones. over that. No, Vanquish the Horde, because the modal ones are expensive. They're okay, expensive. No, I mean, it is still number nine on our better. list. It is number nine on our list. It's still a good card, right? But it's just not... The only <laughs> The only reason Grim plays creatures is to reduce the cost on his wrath. I'm ramping. I'm ramping. This is yeah, a ramp, right? A dark ritual. <laughs> I, have, I have a question before we move on from this, this card. If you're in a Boros deck, which would you value more highly? Vanquish the Horde or Blasphemous Act? Blasphemous Act, for people who don't know, nine mana red instant uh, red sorcery. It's eight in a red. And it costs one less to cast for each creature on the battlefield, much like Vanquish the Horde. It deals 13 damage to each creature. So, you know, if a creature is larger than 13, it won't die, uh, unlike Vanquish the Horde. However, you can you can cast this for one mana as opposed to Vanquish the Horde's two mana at, at the very minimum. But uh, you need eight creatures on the battlefield for it to cost one, whereas Vanquish the Horde only needs six creatures to cost two. Which do you think is better? Blasphemous well, Act. I, Blasphemous I think Blasphemous Act, Act is just is straight up better. 13 still, I don't know if I've ever seen something survive other than an indestructible thing, which would survive either. But I don't think I've ever seen like a, a 20 toughness creature survive a Blasphemous Act. Like it pretty much is a hardboard wipe and oh, one is better than two. So I, I do think that there's more ways, if you're in Boros specifically, there are more ways to abuse the fact that it's 13 damage, like let's just say a Boros Reckoner, or maybe you have stuff that makes it like you can't take non-combat damage, right? Like, so, like, I, there's lots of stuff like that in Boros, so uh, I think the 13 damage is probably really good there. But, like, the like I think Blasphemous Act is like S for red, right? Like, and if you're in Boros, you're playing Blasphemous Act and Vanquish the Hordes. Like, auto-include. Yeah. Two cards are already thrown in. Whether you're humans, aggro, low to the ground, or big deck, mid-range, whatever. You're playing both cards, both sweepers. I, I would say... I, actually, I was going to just say, like, Vanquish and Horde is double white, right? That that That's a thing, right? So not only is Blasphemous Act cheaper, but it's also easier to cast. And like Seth said, like, the chances, like, that something lives through it is very low. I mean, that, it could happen, right? But... I think it's it's close enough to skew it in Blasphemous Act's favor. Yeah, I think I think Blasphemous Act's also my top pick, and also like if I am in a five color deck, I'll still consider running Blasphemous Act because it's just one red instead of double white, and you know, cast casting a board wipe for one red mana is like kind of insane. Um, all right, just cool. Cast tons of board wipes, and that's really fun. Just run all of them. <laughs> Tomer, yes, <laughs> you get it. <laughs> no, after seeing after seeing control decks, I don't want to become that which I hate. <laughs> okay, all right, you'll Krim, get there. we'll move on to number eight. Take it away. Number eight, <laughs> number eight or number nine on the spreadsheet. Uh, it would be number eight. nine on the spreadsheet. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, all right, but number eight so, on our list because yes. we're skipping the one on the Excel. 
Okay, okay. <laughs> Our production is ruined. They know the secrets. The no, illusion is gone. The immersion. Okay, okay. I, I'm actually we have a in front of a green screen. Us. Uh, Don't you see it? <laughs> okay, so number number nine, uh, eight on our list is Ignoble Hierarch. Uh, which, for those that don't know, uh, Ignoble Hierarch is pretty much the, uh, the 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 Noble Hierarch, but for Jund. <laughs> so it adds a, a green, black, or red, and it has Exalted. And it's a one mana, zero one. Uh, and yeah, like, I've got it currently rated at a... Uh, let, me, let me see here, hold on. Where, where did this thing B. Go? B, thank you. <laughs> I have it rated The rest a of B, us A's. And everyone else has it in A. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, is is this is this that great? Are are like noble hierarchs good? I mean, like it's the, the best mana dork in its colors, basically. So, right, right, sure. Yes. Like in the Jun colors, it's great. But and like noble hierarchs are like cool. Uh, I I don't know. I mean, I guess I think these are fine in like some decks, but I I'm not like really ever all that high on mana dorks. So. 2021, return the mana dorks, baby. <laughs> Everybody was down on it. Everybody was down on the Mana Dorks at the beginning of Commander uh, when the format was still fresh and young, but I feel like having Ramp on turn one that fixes for three colors, that's really good. And I mean, even the Exalts is kind of like a nice little cherry on top, but it's like almost a Birds of Paradise. And I don't know. I'll run it in basically any any Jun deck for sure. It'll be like the first card I'll add for Ramp other than Birds of Paradise, I guess. Does Four and five, feel like maybe? The, the, the hundred and first card essentially it mm. always feels like it's so close like it's obviously good in jund and stuff like that but i always just feel like i'm if i'm playing those colors i just feel like there's so many other things i'd rather play i mean you gotta play ramp and i think right, this right, is right. one of the like I, top 10 or 15 ramp cards or whatever in the colors so i think it like i see it as kind of an auto include just because you gotta dedicate so many slots to ramp anyway to make a functional deck so for me this makes a cut so I skew closer to Krim. So I agree with you guys, this is the best mana dork. But I think mana dorks are not that good. But I know the general yes. audience loves mana dorks, right? Because you just play them, they get wrathed. And this card is, I think, $6 right now. So I, I wouldn't rush out to buy this, right? Like a Findhorn Elves, a Lawnmower Elves, like basically the same, right? There's just one mana mana what? dorks. This gives Exalted. This gives this a little mana more fixes colors. what? Yeah, but is the it worth six dollars? I don't know, right? Making and you three already have probably big. birds of paradise and like all your one mana mana dorks already. So, yeah, We're it's good, really... it's fine, but nothing especially exciting. I mean, I don't think I, budget's a factor here, though. I, I'm just I, I got to take issue with saying it's not any different than a land or elves. Like it makes yeah. three colors of mana. <laughs> like is your mind stone no different than an arcane signet? <laughs> like yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. it's different. <laughs> fine, fine, fine. Okay, maybe you're right. I'll keep it as an A then, just to appease <laughs> the audience. <laughs> Is a Thrain Dynamo the same as a Heatran Archive? Well, I don't know. No, it's the one better Archive dies to Crim's Wrath in like oh, two no. turns. <laughs> I, I think that's actually the casual uh, consensus on Mana Dork. So usually, at least I remember when I started playing Magic, uh, not Magic the Gathering, Commander, like a decade ago, people said like Mana Dorks are actually trashed here. Like that was a common consensus around my play groups. They're like, yeah, they all died to board wipes. So why wouldn't you just invest one more mana into like a ramping group? But I don't know, a half-priced mana growth that you can play on turn one and mana fixes three colors and also gives an extra little bit of bit of damage. 
but of the exalted. You need a critical mass really of one mana mana dorks for it to like, I guess, for you to have it on one, right? And that means now you're loading your deck up with a bunch of one ones, and then, what? and then like, I would rather just have a, that. You go to the two mana, and then you go to rampant growth. You go to signets, things that don't die to sweeper tribal, things that aren't just something like you know. Like I, I like that a lot more than just the basic one mana one one because these are the worst top decks you'll have. Um, and and on like yeah, like so if it's only good when you get it in the early turns, right? So you have to have a ton of them, which is the kind of like the pickle that you're in because then you will have a ton of them for the late game. We're already so saucy. We're all over just. I mean, I also feel like, like they keep printing Toskies too in effects yeah. like that. So I yeah. feel like that Creatures has matter. made mana dorks yeah. go up more in veil compared to where they were a few years ago because there's all these effects that are like just wanting to have a creature on the battlefield that you can get value out of it if you have a creature, any creature. Yeah. And Things that require like, you to I, cast a creature or a creature ETB or creature dealing damage, then mana dorks are preferable to, say, a far seek. But if you don't have those synergies, then I would just snap run Farseek and, and whatnot, right? So depends on what the rest of your deck is. I also don't think which it's is an why it's B though. only good in certain <laughs> decks. <laughs> I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree with Crim's uh, position that it's you need to have a critical mass of mana dorks. Like you can you can have like half mana dorks, half land ramp if you want to, but like obviously you're gonna lean towards one or the other depending on the rest of your deck. Like if you're creature heavy. If you have a lot of, a lot of creature synergies, the mana dorks get a lot better. Uh, if you're very like wrath heavy and you don't really want creatures on the battlefield, then you want to avoid mana dorks at all costs, right? So I don't know, but if you're not so good if you're not synergy decks. on either, you can go half half. There's no there's no real <laughs> downside. You're kind of hedging your bets even like that, that if I get like Armageddon, I still have an not a number one card to me. So this sounds appropriately <laughs> yeah. slotted. Sounds about good. But there's actually okay. So there's there's actually a card that uh, synergizes very well with Noble Hierarch and will uh, make you happy for running the Hierarch over a rampant growth or whatever. And that's uh, number seven on our list. Augur of Autumn. Look at that transition. Good job, Tomer. Hop, 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 hop. <laughs> um, so it's a, it's a three mana green creature, one and double green for a two, three human druid. You can look at the top card of your library at any time. You may play lanes from the top of your library. So some uh, narrow card advantage, I suppose. Um, and it also has coven or coven. I don't know how to say that word. Coven. As Coven? Oh, so it's Coven then. Um, as long as... <laughs> I mean, if Seth said it. I'm sorry, Seth. <laughs> no, that's, that's okay. No offense, Dave. <laughs> yeah, viewers, let us know. Uh, as long as you control three or more creatures with different powers, you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. So worst case scenario, this is a three mana, like a Corsair of Crucifix effect where uh, you get conditional card advantage. If you have... If you have to still play a land for your turn and you have a land on top of your library, boom, you're playing the land off top of your library. It's essentially as if you drew a card and put it onto the battlefield with Augur of Autumn. But uh, if you have uh, Coven uh, activated or Coven, um, you can uh, play creatures as well. So not only are you playing lands off the top of your library, but you're also playing creatures off the top of your library in a creature-heavy deck. Uh, you're going to have lots of... The bulk of your deck is going to be lanes and creatures, so this is basically like a future site uh, in a creature form, which is even better because it's a creature and you're in a creature deck. So, oof, creature synergies. And this card, uh, every single time I played it, 
It's always super duper impressed me. It does exactly what you think it's going to do in a game. It's just like this very good incremental card draw on a three drop that's a creature that synergizes in creature decks that you want to play it in anyway. And basically, what what there's either if you're in a green deck, you're either creature heavy or you're lands. So if you're not in lands, you're you're in a creature deck. So you play this and like <laughs> 50, at least fifty percent of your green decks, at least everyone and, plays oh. lands. And even in lands, it's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> so, me, Seth, Richard, you gave them all A's. We gave them all A's. Cram, you're a little bit down on it because you don't like creatures. You gave it a B. <laughs> I, I think the card's very good. It's a strict upgrade over, like, a courser or anything like that. It's awesome. I, I And, like, why not, right? Like, the just the upside of if you do have, di- like, the covenant abilities or whatever, like, like activate it. It's awesome. I, I just feel like other... but. I don't know. It's just it's just a good card, but it's not like oh my god, I need this in every green deck to me. Because again, usually at the three slot, I I just feel like that's where most green decks are doing uh better things. Like setting, it's like this is a great top deck, but I feel like they're usually setting up uh playing something absurd. I don't know some random really powerful card that because this whole list is pretty much green. Thomas. <laughs> yeah, could, legitimately, Kodama's Reach I think is better than this. <laughs> what? Yeah, Kodama's Reach. Kodama's what? Reach is legitimately right, better than this. I mean, they're they're very they're very very different cards. I mean, very, I heart. I think you can construct a green deck that would not want Augur uh, Autumn, but I think like a huge percentage of green decks, like you're going to get value out of this card. It's, this, it's this, really, really unlikely that this card isn't going to give you enough value to make it worth its three mana cost in a slot in your deck. It is very much so a powerful card. I like. I, I think it's a solid B card, uh, but for the most part, I just think that there's better things you could be doing. Kodama's Reach is like actually just ramping you, and I think getting ahead on the resource race is going to allow you to do so much better than just a three mana two three. Oh, but this but is a card that's fine in the late game. Like it's, it's like uh, this off the top in the late game is fine too because you probably have creatures with different power and you can play stuff I'll, off I'll the deck that. and it's only three mana. So like, like I don't think harder. it's competing. Like sure, Kadama's Reach is like maybe the best green card in Commander or something or like on the short list. And this might not be quite there, but I don't think you. it's like an either or proposition. Like because I'm playing Kadama's Reach, I can't play Augur of Autumns. Like I, I don't really see it that way. I don't. I, I mean, it shuffles for you. It's so you not like yeah. Okay, thought. it's not like yeah. This this or synergies reach, but like Combo. I do. It's a good card. I mean, it's this, like that. I agree. It's a good card. I, okay, Grim. I, I got. I got it. This is deck thinning because you get to play the land <laughs> off the top of your deck. It's a land out of your deck. But Kodama's Reach is like really good deck thinning, you know? That's only two deck okay. thins. Yeah, but it's like instant, right? Because like this, this could, could die, you know, like t- tomorrow is not promised. And this this creature may not make make it to the next turn. So, <laughs> so I, I, I don't like I don't like anything that sits around and doesn't immediately like do something upon entering the battlefield. <laughs> Um, uh, like it, it does uh, though, right? You can play it on turn four to play it, and then play the land off the top before someone can interact with it. But that, that's I fine. would say uh, this and, is still yeah. an A card, even without Coven. Like a Coven is just a nice bonus. Like oh, without this, Coven, like, I I think this card is like definitely on the lower end of B. Like Corsair like, is, is a why commander I, staple, I, right? This is basically Corsair without the life gain and without the extra. Is Corsair a staple in the year twenty twenty one? No, people play Corsair now. People play I, I Corsair. Just, I Corsair. Did I, did I, like did I boomer D. magic myself? Like, no, yeah, I, I think yeah, that's, I boom, that's boomer it's magic fine, right fine, there. Yeah. Like, I, I would just play, play this to play lands off the top, right? It's just like 
really slow card draw and it's a creature and then you get the bonus of coven sometimes but i play with coven removed and i still think it's a <laughs> I, I think this this needs coven if it didn't have coven <laughs> this would definitely be nowhere near the ranking it is for me I'd put it as like a as a B, maybe even maybe even lower if it was. I put just it where course. I'd put it under Corsair then. If it didn't I mean, have without Coven. yeah, without like Coven, it's just Oracle worse than Corsair, right? Basically, yeah. 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 But I mean, like because you can really play creatures on top. Like if you're like the most popular archetype, I think in Commander is pretty much creature heavy decks, right? Like that's like the norm. And then if you're like Spellsinger or you're like super control or you're like anti creatures or whatever, you're in a much smaller part of the most popular stuff. Um, so I that's why I put it as A. It's not an S because like if I'm Spellslinger or whatever, I'm not going to be running it. If I'm not in a creature-heavy deck, I'm not going to be running it. But like I look at like the most popular decks, the most popular archetypes are all creature-heavy. They're like 30-ish creatures. And, yeah, that's because yeah, Wizards really overcorrected. <laughs> <laughs> They like they like attacking and blocking, Krim. Why don't you like attacking and blocking? I I don't mind attacking. To win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Without rogues. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> In uh, green. In green, Krim. Like ooze decks? All right. <laughs> All right. We'll we'll move on to a card that I know you like and, and it can attack very well. Uh Richard, what is number six on our list? All right. At number six, we have Dothy Voidwalker from Modern Horizons 2. It's black, black, so two mana value, 3-2 shadow. If a card would be put in an opponent's graveyard from anywhere, exile it with a void counter. Tap and sacrifice the Voidwalker. Choose an exiled card an opponent owns with a void counter on it. You may play it this turn without paying its mana cost. So it's a 3-2 shadow. Uh, it's graveyard hate, and then you get a free spell if you can tap and sack and then play the spell. So rankings, I put it as a B, Krim put it as a B, Seth what? put it as an S, Tomer put it as an A. Krim? I'm literally shocked. I, I'm shocked. How how can you guys have this as a B? This card is insane. Good. You should play this in every, like, I think you should just play this in any deck that can cast it. Like, it does... It does everything. It's graveyard hate attached to a reasonable body that can wear a dowsing dagger. Richard, Richard, bump yeah, it up. Okay, okay, bump it up yeah. a rank. Okay, can wear a dowsing dagger. It's a rogue. Uh, it's, it's, oh, a rogue. it's a rogue, Krim. too. Yeah, Krim. 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 That sounds like a B to me. It steals creatures. No, it but steals really. creatures, Krim. It's, it, it's called Krimthy Voidwalker, even, in the title. If you, if you haven't noticed, if you look at my rankings... I'm pretty low on creatures. <laughs> so, but this is a spell, Krim. This is a spell. It's not a creature. Oh, oh, yeah. I can't <sighs> find this off of Narset, dude. <laughs> if, uh, ask yourself this. Narset, uh, par- one that parts the water veil, can it grab this card? <laughs> if it can't, I can't Krim, play it. Krim, it's fine. You can't block with it, so you'll die to creatures anyway. It's fine. Yeah, but you- It's like it's not a creature anyway. I, I, I think like you guys it. are it really is, underrating it's, it's this good, card. It this is a really insane. good card. I love this card in my rogues deck. I love this in modern. I love like I love this card. In commander, it's also a good way to have like solid graveyard hate attached to a body that you can easily tutor up, right? Like I see the appeal of why why it's good. And it it's very strong. But for me, I just I, I don't know. I, I think 
obviously my bias is heavily at play here uh but like i just don't like creatures <laughs> i legitimately don't like creatures <laughs> and, and opposition but I, agent I, I would say this is okay, not that's, a creature that's a lie right? that's a, okay okay, okay. <laughs> opposition agent is not a creature that's that's a mental no, 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 here's the that's thing a state okay. of mind <laughs> you, you you play this thing and you cannot ever attack with it because if you attack with it they will kill it and then you will get no value it needs to remain untapped Right, and at which point it's just on the board. Everyone can see that any spell they play will get voidwalkered. So it's not really a creature that can attack, right? It's a you know weird creature graveyard hate on board trick, right? So I think it's really good if you can force people to discard. You play like a deck around it where you force people to sacrifice creatures and stuff like that, where you can control when you rip this thing. But if you're just playing it for value, like I will play it. I'll equip a dousing dagger, and then I attack, and then it gets wrathed, and I get no value, right? You like, flip I, the I, dousing dagger, though. It's unblockable. Anything can flip the dousing dagger, right? Like, no, it's, it's unblockable. It's, it's literally a two-mana, three-two shadow with graveyard hate at this point, right? Like, to use its ability, you need to tap it, and I think that's what really makes it a specific card, that it's hard to get value unless you're discarding people's hands or, you know, thought-seizing, sacking, like, stuff like that, right? Or your I mean, deck. stuff dies. Uh, stuff dies in commander games. Like people got to kill things. Oh, yeah. Like I don't think it's that hard to but get no a one's card kill under this. The scariest board on thing on threat with you with the void walker sitting there, right? Because you're just gonna get it, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, it, it you're gonna exile it, but if it's a sweeper, bag. then the 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 void walker's gone. It is yeah. asymmetrical graveyard hate too. Like it doesn't yeah, hit yes. your graveyard. It just hits your opponent's stuff, and it's only two mana. And we always talk about how you should play more graveyard hate. So I feel like this is like it needs to the easiest way the to play graveyard hate. The wrath. <laughs> right? I, 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 I would just play. I we're just play debating so hard on the top ten. I thought we were like we're it gonna, gets easier. We're it gets easier as we go up. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Know, right? We're we're pretty far up now, and we're still we're still at each other's throats. I I think this card is like actually yeah. insane. I'm out of here. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. You just won't catch me playing this card in this generic deck. It's also double black. It's also double black. It's hard it's to cast. Asymmetrical graveyard hate that your opponents have to deal with. And it's two mana. And being a creature is actually an upside because you can more easily recur it in black. I'm surprised it's Richard so doesn't love this card. This feels like the ultimate like equipment card in black. This is because like, it does it nothing. Like it's, <laughs> it's invisible stalker, right? Like you can't use its ability because you're attacking with it. But that is just like upside. It's like an invisible stalker that's also a ley line of the void. I don't play like, invisible stalker. No, but it's, a, it's an invisible stalker that says your graveyard, your graveyard shenanigans are turned off until you deal with my two drop. Like, and I'm smacking you for three each turn. So if this had if vigilance, then I agree with you guys. This is like S to A, but it does not have vigilance. So this ability is very hard to actually get proper value out of. I, I do I mean, know what Richard's saying. Attack, like, I guess of it. I do know what you're saying. There is tension between like, do I attack with this because then it's tapped and I can't cast something. <laughs> I can't cast something with it. Uh, but I don't think that kills a card. Like I, I think even like, uh, even with that being a drawback, it's just so powerful to hate on your opponent's graveyard. Even if you couldn't cast anything for free, this would be a pretty good card in a lot of decks. Just like an unblockable three, two that incidentally hates on everyone's graveyard. Even that would be really good if you didn't have the free cast mode and the free cast mode, it's very swingy, but it can just be game winning. Like there's times when you're getting an eight mana spell or something. And this is just like a two drop that wins you the game essentially. 
I agree yeah, with it's pretty that. good. B. It's pretty good. B. <laughs> B, or, B for B. I agree. It's uh, number six on the top ten. It's yes. pretty good. B. Amazing. I, I fully right. am there with you, Richard. Amazing in mill. Amazing in rogue decks. Uh, amazing in like ninjutsu decks or whatever, which are going to- Actually, no, because I, I want it on the board. I don't want to return it to my hand ever. <laughs> Puts a two-drop that has mega evasion. Yeah, All but right. mega okay. Well, yeah, okay. B. We got to put like a three mana two two shadow on this list. Like, where do no, you guys it's, rank it? Is it like, B? It's like an invisible stalker. Dothy, but like, uh, what what's about... the other Dothy? <laughs> what's, what's like, okay, it's not an invisible stalker. It's an invisible stalker that also shuts out all grave birds. It's better than invisible stalker. And you can it crack it to cast a spell for free. You don't have to pay mana. If you, if you exile an opponent's omniscience or whatever big spell they have like anything even like a smothering type you're still cracking Wait, for free they you exile the omniscience how have you not lost they've played omniscience <laughs> no, no you mill it you yeah, mill oh, it. oh you yeah. mill it you mill it you okay, need a specific okay, deck to make it work right yes yeah it's good in, it's good in specific decks i love it it's my it's a rogue deck all-star all right, all right. Can't, i all right. can't help Maybe it'll get easier. This one, this this one, one can't be controversial. There's no yeah, way number five can surely. be controversial. <laughs> number five, you have my cradle of growth. Uh, it God, is yes. it's green Urborg. It's green Urborg. It's a legendary yes. land. You play it. Each land is a forest in addition to its other land types. Uh, it's literally Urborg, Tomb of Yagmoth, but for forest, for green mana. Uh, I have it as an S. Tomer has it as an S. Krim has it as an S. Richard has it as a B. So my argument for this card is uh, it's not as good as Urborg. Not as good as Urborg because uh, it doesn't have the Cabal Coffer shenanigans. Like, you don't have this combo that's really powerful. Green has everything. It Every creature is a Cabal Coffer. Everything green does is a Cabal Coffer. So that's why I don't have another one. But I don't know why you wouldn't play this in just literally every deck. It's a it's a force. It comes into play untapped, and it has the upside of fixing your mana. Like the there's so little opportunity so cost. Good. Maybe there's yeah. an argument in like maybe in five color decks it's bad. But even there, it's like a dual no. land essentially. Yep. It's a it's like still it's hell super, like it's you can't fetch it out. I guess like you can't fetch it out. You can't fetch it. I run it in my blue decks. Like, but there's really no, there's, there, I'd be, Richard, explain this okay, B to me. Okay, Why would okay, you okay, not I play swear. this card? Okay, YouTube is always like, or Spotify people are always like, yo, Richard's just a contrarian. He just wants to This will be the everybody. thumbnail picture, by the way. This okay, is the and all I, I even Richard's asked, the B. I even asked in group chat, you know, I asked Neonuk, I'm like, what am I missing about this card? Why is everyone ranking it as an S when I see it? as just, you know, a forest that's not a forest. Is there some combo that you can do with this, right? Like, you know, like Orberg, I get, because you have coffers, you have all of these, uh, you know, crypt gas, you have like, all these things that combo with it. Nissa. This has no combo. And, Nissa. and it, it, Who shakes the world. That, that's yeah. all your that, forest To me, that's not good enough, mana. right? And you Excuse need me. basics. That, that, that and I often Walker have a lot of trouble putting enough basics in my deck. <laughs> So I, I don't see the point of playing this non-basic. Like, yeah, it fixes your mana, but you're in green. Your mana's probably fixed. And it's not fixing it in the right way, right? It's just making everything green. So if you're in a 5C deck, it doesn't fix your, your mana base. So I don't see why you would play this and just play another force that you can actually ramp into with your, your ramp spells. So I, I haven't heard anything. So like, you guys are just think, saying, like, there's of, nothing. Think of the like, you might as well, synergies. but, like, why should I? Like, what's the combo? Like, what am I doing with it? <laughs> Acid rain. You're fixing your. You're casting your spells. You're casting all casting of your, your spells. spells. Like it's. You're blowing you the, up the all the lands. You need. So like your three color deck. You play this. All of a sudden, your your blood crypt. You're playing John. Your blood crypt is now a, a triome. It's tabbing for all three. Like 
I don't, uh, I don't in the see cost, the value there's in just no cost. There's no, there's so little cost. I guess there's like a tiny cost of it does take up a slot that you can play in a basic that you could get with a Kadama's Reach or something, but that's like pretty fringe. Like that's what I was thinking when I mentioned five color decks. I do run into that problem with five color decks where I'm having a hard time getting enough basics. But outside of like those really fringe scenarios, wow, there's just like no cost to playing this. So why wouldn't so if, you play it and have a green, bunch of dual lands? You can play all the green ramp, which means you can fetch triomes, which means you don't really have mana issues. And if if you have mana issues you're trying to get non-green mana right so and like i think now we have so many good utility lands and color fixing that it actually matters right like i play decks with zero basics sometimes so like why should i play? like the upside to me is not there right like oh, the upside is not there Triumph's <laughs> enter tab there's the, there's no, literally I, I no downside to playing this i think that's the, the thing. downside just, is that the, you can't play is, more basics the downside, right? the downside is yeah it's not a basic it it's doesn't have a basic lane type it, it enters the battlefield it, it it taps for one color but but like okay so now all your all your uh, utility lanes like your reliquary tower your strip mine your whatevers they all tap for green. Uh, your non-green lands, all of them tap for green. Like like Seth said, they turn them into triumphs or whatever. Um, I run this in my five-color deck. Like I have like two basics in case of like a path to exile or whatever. But like I have a slot that I put the 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 this one in, and now all my non-green lands now tap for green. It's fantastic. It's great. I love it, and I run Urborg too for the same reason. My non my non black lands now tap for black. Like why not? Like it's great. Like it turns all your it just fixes your mana for such little cost. It's a non basic and it, it enters untapped. It doesn't even enter tapped. All right. Yeah, it's untapped. I, I fully it's understand all your arguments, force. and I agree. Okay. But I don't agree with the conclusion. It's gonna <laughs> I was thinking there was some combo I was missing. Right? Like oh, there you is. know, like this there thing. is. Acid don't rain. tell me acid raid. Acid <laughs> rain. That's a combo. I mean, it is also worth mentioning that this isn't coffers good, but there are a lot of a decent number of forest walk legends in green. This isn't why it's a it's a it's a S card, <laughs> but this does turn everyone's lands into forest. So if you're playing uh, Eladrami, Chatterfang, like there is a way that you can give your opponent forest. So that's a that's a combo well, that counts. Well, I right? mean, like you're people are saying there's no coffer effects in green, but we know there are coffer effects in green. There's the Wait, there's there? Anissa, there's Vernal, uh, it was Vernal Equinox or whatever. It's another one that does like your forest staff for double. So like that, th these things exist. There's there's stuff where it's like X equals the number of forests you control. It's not like Wood not Elemental. Like exist, Think of all the all the forests you could sacrifice to Wood Elemental. Wow, <laughs> that is a combo. Uh, uh, all right, a I'm combo. done with this one. You guys can't convince me. <laughs> That's a combo. All right, we'll move on to something that's less controversial. How about that? Uh, right. Krim, take it away. Your favorite card. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so the next card on our list is Toski, Bearer of Secrets. Uh, a three mana and one green. This spell can't be countered. Indestructible. And it attacks each combat if able, the downside. Uh, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. That's right. Not just itself. Any creature you control, when it deals damage, you draw a card. And it's a 1-1. One -one. The other downside, right? Wow, so many downsides on this card. I love it. It's so, it's so bad. I love it. It's an S. 
<laughs> it's like if you if you do you see that little type next to legendary and in between that and squirrel it's called creature if you have that type in your deck you're playing this card it, it whatever tribal this is this is an honorary member of that tribal this is the the cousin and the family the person that every at every family party they invite you don't know who they are but they're always invited and like like so this is that card it it's the truth it's the truth it just it makes everything better it, it you could it doesn't matter you could be playing ham sandwich tribal this will make it better uh, and it's uncounterable and it's indestructible it, it's why does this exist every time i read it it's just like oh yeah this is really good oh yeah this is still really good oh my god why is this so good <laughs> oh it's green um, so, <laughs> that's so why insane. so you gave it an s seth and richard gave it an s i gave it an a can i give it double s actually <laughs> There are a few cars that might deserve a double S, and I would agree with Krim that the single-handedly <laughs> is the like... The best bird. This makes every it's the best bird, the best skeleton. You ask how Richard right? wins with garbage <laughs> tribes, and the answer is Toski. By Toski yeah, the helps answer is he cheats. the garbage he tribes. He runs non-tribal creatures. <laughs> That's right. What are you talking about? This card is changeling, Tomer. This should be in tribal tribal. Iris Look, he, Toski has wings, anyway. has a skeleton, has fur, <laughs> is a mammal. There's many tribes you can put him in. Had his eyeballs, <laughs> you can, so so you can play tribal? it in your homunculi deck. <laughs> yep, yep. It, it is too good, actually. The fact that you can block the yeah. first turn is hilarious. You have an indestructible blocker as people try to kill you before you win is hilarious. <laughs> the fact that it's a creature is also hilarious to me. Like, yep. I, I might be a boomer, but I remember back in the day... <laughs> Blue was the best at drawing cards and actually had the first version of this called Coastal Piracy, four mana enchantment, a blue enchantment that had the exact same text. Couldn't be, it, it didn't have that can't be countered effect. It didn't have indestructible. And actually being a creature is like 10 times better because Toski itself can draw cards. Coastal Piracy can't draw you a card. You need creatures. You know, every variant in blue requires you to have like, you know, other creatures to do the thing. Or like some hoop. Tosky's just like, nah, by myself I can draw a card. Sure, it's Tosky. a one one, so it's easily blocked. It's also like, cheap. It's like seven bucks. Yeah. There's there's no reason not to play this card. Unless you don't have creatures. That would be the only excuse. If you're playing a, a crim deck that has like two creatures or something, uh, then that's not gonna be worth it. But as Still long good. as you have a reasonable you, you play it, you wrath, and then you can draw a card. <laughs> yeah. I mean I've beaten Barry down with a two one before, so indestructible one one, I'll take that right. It breaks the mirror match too, so you don't have to worry about being countered on the way back. I put I, it I, as I'm, an I'm pretty sure just having this card in your deck increases your credit score. So like, like just... <laughs> So so why no why no S from you, Tomer? What keeps it in so, an A? I so it's close to an S for me, but I won't run it in creature light decks. Like if, if I'm not if I'm not a creature heavy deck, I'm not running Toski. Even though it's like the most busted form of creature card draw they've printed almost ever. If I if I'm not in a creature heavy deck, why would I run this? Is there, card? Is there a non, non yeah? Is there a green heavy deck non? <laughs> well, if I'm like in a five color non green creature heavy deck, I'm okay. not running this, okay. right? Okay. If I'm a okay. four color, oh. not running this. Like if I'm like in a Traxxas Super Friends, I'm not running Toski Bear of Secret. I mean, maybe actually no, I still would make tokens because yeah, like because they make tokens and like I'm not even joking. Like legitimately, lots of Planeswalkers make tokens. All right, that was maybe a bad version of it. Maybe it's like Energy Tribal. I don't know. Like there's probably a creature that makes energy, right? I'm sure decks exist that wouldn't want Toski, but I think they're very few and far between. Especially yeah, I I think they over like like they outnumber. 
the number of decks that won't want to auto include Toski. When I looked at all my green decks, I noticed that not like like about half of them would want Toski, and the other half um, have integrity, so I don't want to run it. Oh, uh, okay, okay. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put in tribal, tribal. I put like I put Tovalar because one of my running is this in tribal. I feel tribal. like you're, tribal card. I feel like you're wrong. I, you're just like from a competitive perspective, I think that's just like wrong, right? You're doing it for flavor, but I guess that's an argument. Like, oh yeah, it's not I, flavorful I enough. But, but like, really, power level wise, you should probably run it, right? Would you run this in a creature light deck though? I don't think so, right? Depends. If I had no creatures, no. If I had well, five creatures or something, no. If it's if like spell like slinger, no. Fifteen creatures. Yeah. Fifteen. Depends. Run. Depends. Like what is probably the deck? enough. Yeah. As long as they're not walls or something that can't. Attack. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what if you're like Xenagos, God of Rebels, and you like going tall instead of going wide? Yo, this is and a two-two. Like this is a two-two with haste. If you have a Xenagos, it would draw a card. I would take it. Right? Yeah. yeah. Even if it yeah, draws one you, card each combat, I would take it. Right. But but you could just draw like twenty cards off like Return of the Wild Speaker or something. Well, you put them all in your deck. And have well, Return of the Wild Speaker means you definitely that. have a creature, more than enough creatures in your deck, right? I don't know. I'm keeping it as an A. I how are we fighting on Toski? The, the double <laughs> S most broken card, how are we arguing this? How is that even possible? It's amazing if you're creature heavy. If you're not creature heavy, I don't think I'm going to run it. All right. All right. Bucket list. Play control deck with Toski. <laughs> Let me show you the power of this little squirrel. <laughs> I've seen the power of the little squirrel. I also the fact that it's a creature in green, the best color, like the best support card, uh, best support color for creature tribal. You have the most creature tutors. You have the most creature everything. Like it's so, it's so dumb. Uh, (laughs) I can't believe Tossy was printed. Anyway, what's the next card? I, I, I think it's on me. Is it on me? Yeah, we our top three. Yeah, we're we're to the top three. All right, the third one. Third one, uh, third highest one, and this is uh, coming out of left field. This is not a green card, believe it or not. I know. This is an Esper Sentinel, uh, which we even did an entire podcast to do with on. The colors of Esper. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Esper Sentinel. Uh, this is a one mana white, uh, one one artifact creature, human soldier, that says whenever an opponent casts their first non creature spell each turn, draw a card unless that pair plays. X, where X is Esper Sentinel's power. So it does, unlike, uh, let's say, Mystic Remora or uh, Ristic Steady, this can only trigger once on, on each person's like first non-creature spell. If they, if they uh, cast a second non-creature spell on that turn, this won't trigger. Um, and they usually have to spend one because its starting power is one. But if you pump up Esper Sentinel's power, they have to pay more mana to, to deny the card draw. Uh, we got around the table, Richard, Seth, and I all picked, uh, S. Krim gave it an A. Um, I guess I, it's a creature. I mean, it goes down to rank automatically. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, 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 no. It makes sense. It makes sense. Tosky, I don't know. Like, Toski is an I'll S. Put in any deck. Toski well, is an guess. S. Yeah. Right? And I yeah, hate green, it, so indestru- on top of that. Because it's indestructible, so it doesn't die to your board wipes. Is that, it's, that's, well, no, the, the, that is, good. the Esper Sentinel dies to everything. Right, it dies to getting artifact removal, creature removal, and all of that, and it's a one-one at the end of the day. Unless I'm using, like, I have this deck in my humans deck and an artifact deck, and that's it, right? And if it's in my in my humans deck, it makes sense because I can increase the power, and even then, it's just like it's still very good, right? It's very much so card draw in white, so that's super solid. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is a one mana one-one for me, and I don't think I need that in every deck. 
So I just think it's a good card. It's a very good card. But just like is an A an A is really good overall, and that's what it is. I don't find it to be like an auto include in everything that I play that has white. It's close. Like, I, I can see where you're coming from, although, like, uh, I'm sure there's some five-color decks where I don't play it, but pretty much any white deck, this is one of the first cards I slot into the deck. Like, because it's only one mana, you really only need to draw a couple of cards off this to have it be worth it. It's not like you need it to stick around and draw you ten cards. Like, the cost is low enough that I'm perfectly happy if I play this, draw two or three cards, and then it dies. Like, whatever. That's perfectly fine. So... I, I pretty much start with this card in all my white decks as one of the first cards I add. You just listed Ancestral Recall, and you're happy. I'm <laughs> yeah. happy cycling. If it cycles I'm, itself... I'm happy drawing three cards for one One card oh, okay. is good enough, right? And it often draws way more than that, right? Like, as long yeah. as it draws one card, it's a creature, it carries equipment, it's an artifact, you can tutor it. So, yes, it dies, but it just needs to draw one card, and you break the even. The it right? dies for me isn't even a big thing. Like, it legitimately, it's just in an okay effect. Like, it's very strong. It's very good. But, like, it's not, like, something that I feel like it needs to be in every deck. I can see and that. that it, like, that's, it just feels like the art. I want to take advantage of its artifact type. Like, if I can do that, then that's great. Or the fact that it's a human. That's when it really stands out to me. I'm going to run in every deck. I don't even have to think about it. Like, because... Yeah, it's better in certain archetypes. Like, if it's a, if you're in an artifact deck like Brea, it's a little bit better because it's an artifact, so you can tutor it up easily. Uh, if you're in an equipment deck, obviously it gets better because you can pump up its power, holds equipment really well. Um, if you're running, like, Ranger Captain of Eos or Ranger of Eos, stuff that can get one-drops, tutor one-drops reliably, or, like, Recruiter of the Guard or Imperial Recruiter or any of those tutors that you can tutor it up easily, it's really, really good. Uh, really good with like Sun Titan effects and stuff like that, but like I don't even care about all of that stuff. Like, I will just put it in a generic deck. Like, I don't care what the deck is going to be doing. I want a one drop that's an essential recall. Like, that's good. I will put that in any deck. The only reason why I won't run it is because of budget restrictions. It's a twenty dollar card, and I make a lot of budget decks, so I often you actually won't see Esper Sentinel in most of my decks, but. If budget is not a factor, I'm just gonna jam it in. Like I don't care if I'm in white, I'm putting that card in. It's gonna it's gonna draw me like one card, two cards. Sometimes if I'm super lucky, three cards, maybe even more. Who knows? Um, and I'm, ha I'm super happy. And it doesn't. I don't care. It doesn't. Ha it doesn't require you to have any synergies in the deck. It's just super good. You can just you can just take a, a white deck. You can just put Esper Sentinel, and nine times out of ten, the deck got stronger. So that's that's like the definition of S to me. You go put it you put just take the deck, put it in any deck that can run it. Does the deck get significantly better? Yes, it's an S. Done. Easy. <laughs> Boom. Spiel. Done. <laughs> All uh, right. Krim. Our number two card. So th this Get card, the world tree, as you know, uh is a card that is just it enters the field tapped. Uh, but then, uh, and then adds a green, and as long as you control six or more lands, uh, lands you control tap to add for any color. Uh, the, this is an amazing card, and I have it at S, but I believe it's only really, like, what, can you only play this in five-color decks? Yes. Only so, five-color so, so, decks, because it has the mana symbols, yeah. Right. Yep. So, like, then, so I guess, like, my rating on this is an S. It's an auto-include, but then is it not a B, because it can only go in certain 
decks. Well, it goes into any deck. Yeah, if you introduce five colors, it's kind of a cheat. Yeah, it's kind of a cheat. Like it kind of feels like a B based on our own definitions, but our own definitions is worded in a way that if you would put it in any deck that can run it, okay, it's true. But only five color decks. In every five color deck, this is gonna go in it, right? This card is just so good. It, It it. There's literally no cost for this, and it fixes your mana so easily. It blows my mind this card isn't more heavily played. Like, on EDH rec right now, it's 27% of five-color decks. 27! And it's it only... It should be 100%. Uh, it's like a 2 to $3 card. It's not like this is some $20 really expensive card. I know if you're, like, on ultra-budget, maybe a 2 or $3 land is a bit too much. But really, it's not that expensive. It really should be 100% of five-color decks. Like, there's no reason not to run it. The mana fixing is so good. I, I think it should be 100% of five-color decks. If yep. you're ultra budget, you should definitely buy this because that means the rest yeah. of your lands are a little janky. <laughs> this fixes everything. You're also ultra <laughs> right? budget yeah. in five colors, so that's hardcore. Yeah, you dab. Yeah, that means you're playing basics, yeah. right? Your mana's yeah. not good, and World Tree will fix all of this for the low cost of three dollars. So yes, you should just buy this. It goes in every five color deck. It makes you not have to be a good deck builder. Like, like I can't build mana bases anymore because of this World Tree, right? I just like slap some <laughs> random lands in, and I'm like, okay, World Tree, tutor it up. <laughs> Call it a day. Expedition right? map. All right, we're good. Yep. <laughs> so good? it also it also has an extra benefit, not just if you're not a good deck builder, but also if you're not a good magic player like me. Like you could turn out like remember remember when we talked about uh, mana rocks and I said how much I love chromatic lantern because I no longer have to think about how I tap my lands because I always do it wrong. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm smooth brain. Yep, yep. I'm smooth brain. I don't want to. I don't no thinking. You know what? No thinking <laughs> and magic. Sometimes you right? just gotta go burr, and I'm here yeah. for that. Like I and like that I, world tree is just like don't even think about it, bro. Just just tap however what you colors want. You it's had? all good. Doesn't matter, dude. Here you go. <laughs> Just I love match that. the number of stuff you tap to to the to the the number you want to cast, and that's good. You don't have to think about the colors. No, 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 colors. All colors are good. <laughs> yeah. um, so I I love it. There is a downside, obviously. Like uh, on the early early turns, it enters tapped, so that is a downside. Uh, and it only taps for green, which is a little bit not great in a in a five color deck. Like if you if it only taps for green, uh, you generally want mana fixing on all your lands. But like once you get to six. Uh, it taps everything. The upside is like super ridiculously good. Um, it's also better if you're like in a deck that actually can tutor up stuff with its activated ability. <laughs> but with the caveat that I run in Tribal Tribal, literally the best deck to activate its ability because I run like a bajillion gods in my in my library. They're all changelings, and I also have ways of turning all my creatures in my library into gods with like Masquerade Nexus. I literally I've played the deck like. 25 times of the world tree i've never activated a single time mm-hmm. so just ignore that text it's 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 not it, pretend it doesn't exist the, the cost is so freaking high that your odds are you're never going to get there it's nice if it would happen i i i, I congratulate it's you flashy you, it, it is happen. i congratulate you if you pulled it off yeah i'm happy I'm, I'm eager to have it when it pulls up but like ignore that entire thing and just grade it without that part and it's still an S, I think. Like, yeah, yeah. Why was this, not this is part the first of the card all. we've all agreed on, right? We gave it S's across the board. <laughs> we so only got to number, number two. two. <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> I think it's the only card we're going to agree on. <laughs> no, there's well, we one, have, more. We have one more. There's one more. <laughs> we got a number one. Oh, number- all right, so take uh, it away, uh, Richard. You got our number one all spot. Right. So Urza Saga, number one card. Uh, it is an enchantment land. Uh, Urza Saga from Modern Horizons. 
So it has three chapters. First chapter, tap to add a color list. Second chapter, pay two, tap, make a construct where it gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control. Chapter three, search your library for an artifact with mana cost exactly zero or one. Put on the battlefield, then shuffle. It is a really good card. Uh, we put Why it does this card exist? across hate, the board. I hate this card Although, so much. <laughs> I'm a little tempted to move it to like S minus or A plus. So here, here's the normal play pattern, right? You play this in any deck. Worst case scenario, you tutor up a soul ring uh, on, on the last thing, and then you're, you're up mana, right? So you actually made mana, and then you have additional utility of making two constructs if you feel like it. Really good. However, sometimes you don't want to make that soul ring and then get like board wiped, right? Then you're down a land, right? Then you're a little sad. <laughs> Uh, so that is the only downside. But other than that, you get a soul ring. Other targets would be Wayfarer's Bobble, uh, Shadow Spear, Skull Clamp, Skull Clamp, Skull Expedition Map. Expedition, oh, Expedition Map ring. is another big one, right? So that upside is usually very worth it because worst case, you could like Expedition Map for another land if you really wanted. <laughs> but soul ring puts you mana plus, right? So that's why we play in all decks, five color included. Uh, and it's S. And even better if you run equipment and actually have artifacts for those constructs. <laughs> Emergency blockers. Your Enchantress, I mean, it's an enchantment land because yeah. reasons. They got to have a reference to Urza Saga, <laughs> I, guys, to make it a I've little better. I've never seen that so matter. Constellation. <laughs> well, I've never actually got, seen I've, that part matter, but I'm sure it can in some scenarios. I have it in all my Enchantress decks because, like, Archon of Sun's Grace, for example, trigger constellation, constellation abilities, yep. or yeah. uh, what's it called? There's, there's like two, there's two card draw ones. Um, there's Setesian, Setesian, Setesian champion, yeah, that one, and then there's Adelon of Countless Blossoms, Adelmall Blossoms, or something like that. Like, yeah, why not play a land and draw a card? Like, it's so dumb. What a stupid card. The card is, it's insane. And remember, we're playing Commander. In Commander, most decks have. A bunch of artifacts because they're playing mana rock. So those constructs, it might not seem like much, but a lot of times if you're playing this mid game, you're just like incidentally making two mana five fives or ten tens. Yeah. Like the card is the card's just absurd on so many levels. It really this and toss are like two ones are like what what are you even doing? <laughs> the, 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 the greater issue is this card's so expensive. It's thirty three dollars because it's played in all the one modern formats. So this one hits hard, right? Like you're like. Toski, okay, it's a little expensive, right? World Tree, at least I can pay, but this one is like modern staple. You gotta fight all those dirty constructed players for this card, right? So There's, this one hurts a little. The but, the trick is you just buy like a, a fifty cent Urza's Tower, Urza's Mine, and just Sharpie and make a, a nice little proxy <laughs> yeah. there, write Saga in, and you got a, a 50 daily cent reminder <laughs> to our listeners that proxying is free as long as you're not taking this to a tournament. You can write on a Sharpie whatever the heck card you want, and it will still play the exact same. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> the, the other day, I, I, I traded this into my LGS because I just decided I'm going to buy a Modern Horizons 2-pack and just see how far I can go. Just trading in what, what the thing I opened. <laughs> Were you done in 30 seconds, Krim? No, no. I went, I went, I went like nine packs deep. I do. Ooh. That's pretty good. Yeah, I, I was running hot. I did feel a little weird that after it's like I did trade in an Arid Mesa and this. <laughs> so I probably should have kept some of those. All right. Well, it took us a little over an hour, but we got there 
and a lot of debate before <laughs> we got there. So our top 10 that we have reached a average consensus on is Bergie, God of Storytelling at 10. At 9, Vanquish the Horde. At 8, Ignoble Hierarch. At 7, Augur of Autumn. At 6, Dothy Voidwalker. At 5, Yavamaya Cradle of Growth. At 4, Toski Bearer of Secrets. 3 is Esper Sentinel. 2, The World Tree. And our number one pick, Urza Saga. Why did you have to print this Wizard of the Coast? <laughs> um, if, if you have to, if there are only 10 cards that you should buy, in our opinion, uh, from Commander for your decks, and you're not playing at CDH level, you're playing like semi-competitive slash casual, these would be the top ones that we would recommend to you the most. But now that we've talked about our top 10, it's kind of like a bonus round where we're going to talk about our honorable mentions. And if you thought there was a lot of debate between the top 10, these ones were like, we, we, we made the top 10 and we're like, oh, obviously, we were going to agree about all of these cards. There's not going to be much of the debate, so we're going to breeze <laughs> through all of these. So let's have these honorable mentions so we'll have some saucy takes, right? Because we'll not we'll disagree a lot of these. So if you if you thought the top ten had a lot of disagreements and differing opinions, oh boy, um, you're in for a treat. Because <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more, and we're gonna kick things off. Uh, Seth, which is your first honorable mention for one of the best cards from 2021? So my honorable mention is a card that. Uh, Many of you have ranked pretty highly. I personally have ranked pretty low, and that card is Calling Ritual. So Calling Ritual, uh, four mana, uh, two a green and a black, sorcery. You blow up each non-land permanent with mana value two or less, and you make a green or black mana for each permanent that's destroyed this way. So uh, kind of a wrath slash ritual, except it only wraths really, really cheap things. I have this card as a C. Uh, I, I never played this card, like, pretty much never. I probably could have put it as a D, honestly, based on how much I play it. But I I didn't want to go that far, considering I don't really play it that much. Y'all have it as Bs, and I think uh, Krim has it ranked highest as an A. So I'm really curious. What am I missing about this card? Like, what makes you put Culling Ritual in your decks? Because I, I don't do that. Surprisingly enough, a lot of the things in Commander that are problematic to me, not really surprising, are all two or less mana, right? All the fast mana, all, I mean, like, I guess mana dorks and on top of that, right? So it's able to blow all that stuff up. And Tomer had mentioned this earlier, and it's a huge part of it too. Everything in the year 2021 makes a treasure, makes a token of some sort. Uh, This picks off all of that. And yeah, they can sack the treasure, but you've just caused them to sack the treasure. And and then the big, and then, okay, sure, that's the first half of it. But then... You do what green does best, which is miserably ramp your mana base up for that turn, right? And so you get to get this burst in mana, which then you can do any miserable green card that you can think of. And then, (laughs) like, so at that point, you're able to blow up so many things and get, and, like, just speed out anything afterwards, right? I can drop, like, a random worm coil. Who knows? Whatever, right? Like, I... Oftentimes, I will get, if I cast this spell, I'm not counting, like, CDH, right? But oftentimes, when I cast this spell, I think I'm getting, like, plus four mana out of it so it almost pays for itself 
I mean, I worry that it's like the mana value two or less is too restrictive. When I think about it, like if I'm worried about artifacts primarily, and I mean green, I got Creeping Corrosion, I got a Bane of Progress. There's many different cards that can blow up all the artifacts that I want to that don't have that restriction. So I can see how it snipes mana rocks, but is that really enough? Just getting everyone's mana rocks and then it, maybe it's, ramping it's a little not- bit? It's not just the sniping of the man. It's the f- combination of the sniping of all the cheap stuff, the tokens, and then on top of that, giving you a ramp on top of it. So, like, it's it, if you're one or the other, it would not be as good. But because it's both, it is why I love the card. Hmm. I, I see it as a ritual. Like, yeah. I prioritize the fact that it's making mana. And uh, a common, a common like, uh, way I analyze cards is I like mana efficiency. I like tempo plays. I like being able to cast something and then follow up with other things. This one, it kind of reminds me of like a pseudo mana geyser. I run mana geyser in every single red deck, uh, have been for a long time. And, you know, it's, it, it, it's, it's a great way to power out like a really explosive turn. This is not quite a mana geyser because it's much more situational what people have on the battlefield. Um, but it it's offset by the fact that it does sweep the board of so many things. Like if you have culling ritual in your deck and you're able to generate like eight mana off of this, which I don't think is like a tall order usually, um, you can cast this, wipe the board of a lot of like annoying permanents, and then just drop something huge onto the battlefield. I also like the idea of you know like you're you're culling. You know, the person who's playing heavy treasures, if somebody's on tokens, you're just living the dream because not only do you wipe out all their token army, but then you can power out like 10 mana, 20 mana worth of whatever. You can cast your entire hand out of your library or or whatever. Um, So that's why I like it. I like I really like these ritual effects and I really like the fact that they just clear the board of all. All signets, all talismans, soaring. Uh, they have to sacrifice their treasures, so they lose their treasures as well. Anybody who's going heavy on tokens, like an Edgar Markov or whatever, they just lose their entire board as well. And then you just drop something huge on the battlefield right afterwards as your follow-up. Um, so I like it. I think it's a lot better in CDH because CDH, the average CMC, the the mana value of their decks are so low that you're like guaranteed to get a lot of value out of that. Uh, but even in like mid-range power decks with higher mana values, I think it's still good enough, especially in 2021 where like treasure is so prevalent and stuff. It legitimately just often pays for itself at the very least. Hmm. But you're down a card. So uh, I think of it as a ritual. I, like Tomer, but right? It's like if, if you yeah, take it, a big a burst of eight mana and do something useful with it, then I think you can play this card. But I would not like take out any wrath and pretend this is a wrath, right? This is like I, I I have a ritual, I have a top end that's very powerful that will redraw me cards, right? Like I have like an eight drop or a six drop or something that will refill my hand. So I'll just like sweep the little things away, power out that big thing, refill my hand, and I'm good to go. So Toski survives. So you can and, you could cast well, Toski's mana value four first of all. <laughs> yeah, but it it doesn't sacrifice. Yeah, I mean, I can certainly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, what I meant is, like, you could just, like, we were talking about how, like, Tosk is so absurd in any deck. You could just, like, culling ritual, get rid of blockers, cast your big spell, and then refill with Toski. <laughs> <laughs> Eh, I can certainly see if you build around it. If you're using like a ritual and you're playing a bunch of like tokens or something to blow up and trying to support it, but I don't know. The consistency issue worries me. I just imagine there's going to be some games where it's just going to get stuck in your hand and it's going to feel yep. really bad. 
Mm-hmm. All right, moving on, Krim. What's an honorable mention that didn't make it the top 10, but you still think is pretty darn good from 2021? Uh, from 2021, it's a recent card, actually so recent that it's the most current set. Uh, it's Curse of Hospitality. Uh, I think this card, we, we talked about it, I I think either on a podcast or something, but I, I, I love this card. It's a two and a red. Uh, it's an enchantment. It's a curse. You can, uh, when you, uh, let me see here. So enchant player, creatures, in, uh, creatures attacking enchanted player have trample. And whenever a creature deals combat damage to enchanted player, that player exiles the top card of their library. Until in a turn, that creature's controller may play that card and they may spend mana as though we're mana of any color. This is obviously like just like putting a hit on somebody, right? You put it mm-hmm. on the person that has like the best spells or the best things in the deck, like, and then you just go, you just get the whole table. You essentially goad the whole table to kill them. We already play, like, I think Curse of Opulence is a sweet card. This is just like, I now instead of getting a treasure, which the treasure is very good because it helps you with your own game plan. This helps with just like getting uh, like their best cards, and of course, there's the emotional satisfaction of playing your opponent's cards uh, for them, which is great. So like you're helping them play their deck. So I perceive it as just being a friend because you're you're getting them to play their deck or everyone to play their deck even, and that that has tons of I, I value that highly. And if I'm playing a red deck, I'm probably gonna have this. I'm probably going to have this. So this like was a card that. I was super Ooh, high on during. Oh, oh yeah. So, oh yeah. Right. I I put this at an A. I think. You yep. put it as an A. Yeah. Uh, Seth put it as a B, and then, uh, Richard and I put it as a C. So this was a card I was super high on during spoiler season when it came out. Uh, and then the more I thought about it, the more how brutal it is to one person kind of turned me off to it. Like you mentioned, Curse of Opulence. <laughs> People get. <laughs> attacked repeatedly for a single treasure token this really incentivizes the table to kind of murder one person really quickly so that kind of made me a little hesitant to play it like i don't know if i want to be putting that big of a target on someone's head the other thing that i kind of don't like about it the more i thought about it is if you're just running this out on turn three or turn four even turn five like fairly early in the game your opponents are mostly getting the first crack at attacking the person and getting to play their cards because you're probably not going to have the mana this doesn't make mana like Raghavan does. You don't get treasure tokens to cast the spells with. You do need the mana to cast them. So your opponents do kind of get the first crack at it. I still think it has potential to be a really good card. I haven't gotten a chance to really play it yet, so that's why I came in uh, at a B even though I was higher on it. If you had asked me like during spoiler season, probably would have been an A. Even if your opponents get a crack at it, uh, like a first crack at it, that means they're not taking a crack at you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so but as will lo- your opponent that you put this on even be alive by the time it comes back around to you <laughs> or do hey, they just that's, die that's from everyone else's less attacking. things i have to worry about right <laughs> so this that goes to a true. d to me because whatever you get off the top like that person's gonna die so not only did you create an unfun environment by killing someone you didn't even get any benefit from it right so i so i doom bladed a player you essentially do I mean, play the player. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but, but they don't die in the spot. They sit there and suffer for three more turns as everyone like <laughs> you know, that's great. Gets away at their dead corpse. <laughs> but right? really, yeah, pa- if, we're, if we're ranking by power level, isn't, doesn't that mean that yeah, like, like an S? If it's like pay three mana and one card to kill a player at the table. Yeah, like I, I that just sounds paid, amazing. I cast Heroes Downfall on this person, right? Like here you go. <laughs> like like strictly talking on power and like functionality of the card, I think this is like. Like crazy good, right? Like, I would say power level card 
power level wise, this card's bad, actually. Because like when I look at when I look at this card, um, it reminds me of a, of the curse that I like way more. Uh, it's called uh, Curse of Verbosity. That's it's a blue one. It's two and a blue. Same so same cost. Yep. Enchant player. Um, you don't give the creatures attacking the player trample. So that is that is one downside. However, instead of drawing a card off the opponent's library. Uh, you get to draw a card off your library. The attacker gets to draw a card off their own library. Um, and the owner of the aura gets to draw a card as well. So if you enchant somebody, not only are you getting superior card draw because you're drawing off your own deck. So if you're if you're a synergy-focused deck, you're much better off drawing cards from your own deck that synergizes with your own cards rather than drawing a card off your opponent's deck, especially if they're like a synergy deck too. Like if they're Goblin Tribal... I don't want to get your goblin cards. Like that's not that's not a good uh, good value for me. Like you're going to use your goblin cards way better. Likewise, if I'm a goblin player, I don't care about the control player's spells. I want to cast go- goblins. I want to draw more goblin cards. You're telling um, me you don't so want to cast the ponder out of goblins? I mean, that would be some no. decent value, but <laughs> not really. Uh, I'd rather cast goblins, I guess. So like, I like I, I value drawing cards off my own deck more than drawing off oh, an opponent's. And also, I get to draw a card even if another person attacks person. And guess what? That happens all the time. When I put a Curse of Opulence or Curse of Verbosity on somebody, they don't say like, oh, if I attack that person, then Tomer is going to draw a card too. They're like, <laughs> no, I get to draw a card? Sweet. Draw a card. And then we both get to draw a card. And I get to so much more value out of it. It doesn't kill them that quickly, I don't think. I, I, I don't really remember. I just remember all the value I get out of those curses. Rather, how much they suffer. This this um, kills the other player, though, right? Like, it does get them trample. Right. Like, this and will kill the other player, the player that you cursed with this, right? Uh, how, how how relevant is trample? Like, unless you have, like, super stupidly large well, creatures, does it matter? Well, I think the other... is attacking, right? Yeah. The, the other biggest difference, though, is, like, Curse of Hospitality is triggering for each creature you hit the person with. When, like, Curse of Verbosity or Curse of Opulence, a lot of times when I see that in play, like, you're like, oh, okay, I got to attack the cursed person with one creature just to get the treasure, but then I'm going to swing the rest of my stuff at, like, the person in the lead or whatever. When Curse of Hospitality really is, like swing everything at this person until they die <laughs> the more you hit them the more candy comes out of the pinata type of thing yeah i guess i have to draw i guess i have to play this more often then and and give them more maybe i'll put it i'll put it a little bit higher i'll put it what was it a, a C? this is close to 5-0 split right you get away with it and then you'll be murdered immediately <laughs> right because like yes it's technically Yo, game winning or what? correct right but you're like I don't know if this is what we signed up for, right? So I, I, I feel this will backfire a lot of the times. And a lot of the times, like, what other players draw off of it may be better. And you may be behind from playing this, right? Like, if Seth goes after me and hits the nuts, like, five cards. And, but you that's know, I have not nothing, him hitting I spend... you. No, or, no, like, no. That's But not they hitting... leave the blood bag at five life and then they kill you first, <laughs> right? Like... <laughs> But then Eight? that means the blood bag is at five, and now that's within killing, like, you know. But you are also, like, dead now because someone, like, just rips some, like, crazy stuff off the top, right? So I don't know that it's actually that strong, you the absolutely. You needed the time, and, right? So there was a whole yeah. reason why you kind of, like, you shirked on over to the other person, right, Richard? <laughs> right, right? And uh, and so, yeah, like. The shirk is viable long term. <laughs> you do, It's There's... not a long term plan. It's a band-aid, right? It's a band-aid to keep the the 
aggro but it's a play group. You. You're going to play again. <laughs> <laughs> there is and backfire that means potential. There is backfire potential. Maybe the table agrees not to do anything. And that's fine. But that's just like, <laughs> then that means the curse, all your curses do nothing, right? <laughs> like, it's like, well, I won't partake in the treasure. I won't partake yeah. in this. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and that that's all oh. the same that way. Or if the person you have you you curse has removal for the curse, they're probably coming after you. Like oh, 100%. If you put this on me and I have anguish on making, I'm like, wow, oh, you just tried to kill me. Like, I guess I know who my enemy is the rest of this game. One hundred percent. All right, I need to play this card more. That's that's what this talk has has told me. Is I need to, I need to after try the talk, if we might preemptively kill you if you play this card. All right, maybe I, to maybe play I this card. This card you, you, should, you should play this and then half play your combo. <laughs> oh man! All right, moving on. I have a honorable mention that it hurts that it didn't make it in the top ten, but I think this card is just like absolutely bananas power level wise. This is Storm Kiln Artist. It's a, a three and a red for a two-two creature dwarf shaman. Um, it gets plus one plus O for each artifact you control, which I have died to a giant size Storm Kiln Artist before. It has happened, um, but its main purpose is Magecraft ability that says whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, create a treasure token. I would argue that this card has uh, fired off more alarm bells for me whenever I see it than even Burji, which made it in the top 10. This card, whenever I see it played, if it's not dealt with like in the first like turn, it just accrues a stupid amount of value. Making a treasure each time you cast or copy an instant or sorcery uh, just is it's, it's, it's like it's, it's like a red smothering tithe. Uh, that's that's the level that I'll put it at. Like this card needs to be dealt with immediately, or else the person who has control of it is just going to generate all the mana they could ever want, all the treasures they can ever want. If they have like any sort of artifact synergies, even better. Uh, but if they're a storm deck, they congratulations, you get the storm off for free. Essentially, that's what it reads to me. If you're spell slinger, you have all the mana you'll ever use for the rest of the game. If you're artifacts. Even if you're not like super heavy on instant sorceries, you're going to be making stupid amounts of artifacts. Like this card, I wanted to put an S. It's not an S. It's an A for me. Um, but it, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's like one of the most ridiculous cards. Like if I see it at the table and it's not dealt with, like I just know that person wins. That's that's how I feel about this card. A for me, B's for the rest of the table. I mean, so the ceiling on this card might be the highest on the list. Like, I think you're mm-hmm. right. It is, like, one of the scariest cards that if someone plays it, you got to instantly kill it or it's going to kill you. But that's because the person who's playing it is probably playing it in a spell slinger deck that has a lot of spells to trigger it. Like, if you play this in your, you know, Augur of Autumn's deck, let's say, like, <laughs> you're not going to get any value. Like, you got like to be playing a, you gotta be playing a bunch of spells for it to be good. Like so Toskian Creatures, Mr. Uh, S on all the Toskies. Toski does not require that much <laughs> setup. This, is, this, this is requires the way more setup. This is in a Storm deck or a spell yeah. slinger deck and, like, yeah. a zero in every other deck. So I, I do not believe so that all of Magic is Storm, right? Like, obviously, that's, this is, like, triple S in spell slinger. Right, but everything yeah. else is unplayable. Even artifact decks, I would not put this in a Boros <laughs> artifact deck. It's like embarrassing. <laughs> I would I'm gamble right. it away. Would I even play this right. in a treasure deck? Because treasures are made from other other methods, right? I like, think you'd have to be, have a lot of spells. Like if yeah, if you like, were like, like some sort of treasury spell slinger deck, but yeah, and stuff. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like that's that's the way you're making the the treasures through instants and sorceries. But other than that, I, like this is I very good. Like the definition Storm. of B, like the very definition <laughs> of a B card, like the best card in a very narrow subset of decks. And I think that's like exactly what a B is. I gave it the same. I gave it the same grading as I gave Toski. If I'm not in a creature heavy deck, I'm not running Toski. But if I'm Here's in a creature like heavy a deck, non creature okay, heavy okay, okay, deck okay. is like a lot less than like a non spell slinger yeah. deck, right? Basically, like right. a lot of decks are just like have a bunch of random creatures in them. But spell slinger is like a pretty specific archetype with a handful of commanders that you can run as your spell slinger commander. When like creature deck is like 75% or 80% of the format or something, like everything's a creature deck. Well, I'm also more afraid of Storm Kill Narnus than I am with Toski. Honestly. Sure. In, in, in Spellslinger. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's it's why I put it sure. at the same A. But that means like <laughs> you can't take a random deck and just throw this in and expect it to improve your deck, right? It has to be a Spellslinger deck. You have instant and sorceries in all your decks. Even 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 if you're not a Spellslinger deck. So if you only had 10 spells, sorcery. would you play this? If I'm an artifact-focused deck, I might. Maybe. Like, I feel it's not enough, right? You Wait, need, why? You need actually a lot of spells, because if this were like non-creature spell, then that's a whole different story. Yeah. But well, but yeah. the fact that this is a specifically instant sorcery that that makes it a little bit more of a pickle, right? That that means twenty twenty two. You know, it's like electromancy, right? It's like crazy yeah. and storm. But like if you play in any other deck, it's a meme, right? So like it doesn't really it's a goblin. It's I'm a goblin. still I'm still keeping it as an A. I mean, it is a dwarf. You might play it in Magda decks, you know. Shaman tribal. <laughs> Would you? Though? I know. I know. Our no. editor Neotic has. I'm pretty sure I cut deck. this out of my dwarf decks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. All right, fine. Uh, we'll move on. Richard, what, what do you got for us as an honorable mention? Uh, I don't even know if I want to use this card. I'm tired after this top 10 list. Uh, <laughs> we, we can we can. Uh, so oh, the, this, oh, the, the, oh, this, okay. this card yeah. is so close to an S for me. Bring it. It's unbelievable, okay? Bring it. Secret Rendezvous, okay? Richard's actual top 10, like the, the number one card, okay? White, <laughs> white. Colorless. I can never you, take you seriously ever again. I am not even trolling. <laughs> you and target opponent each draw three cards. And if it was not double white, if it was single white, two colorless, it would be an S for me. <laughs> to memes! <laughs> what do you mean? And the rating is Richard A. Everyone else D's. Like, D's. <laughs> no one even put it as a C. They're going to discard it rather than cast it. Be I don't want this card in my deck. The is too good for this card. Yeah, this, I, this card is This is never in my you. 99. <laughs> I'm convinced that in, in two, three years, we will look back at drawing your opponent cards, something like Mill or uh, Gaining Life, right? Where before people were like, oh, if you mill your own deck, it's terrible, right? Like, oh, you're going to put your bombs in the graveyard. Or, oh, you gained your opponent life. That's like terrible, right? Like you, you can't possibly cast Swords to Plowshares, right? This is three mana draw three for you. Three mana for someone else at the table. Three more cards. It is the one of the best, most efficient card draws in the format. I will play it in all decks. Garbage. Right? Richard's not garbage. lying. He does play it in I all, all decks. So he is not actually lying about that. He might be the control deck you love so much has Secret Rendezvous in it. Look, <laughs> I, I look, play Richard. I I'm not giving you... my opponent three cards. Yeah. <laughs> Richard, no. I value you as an amazing, the best player. The be, you're the best player at Commander at, out of the group. I would I would vote you 100%. Man. I would say Richard can can literally take any pile of trash and, and probably win the game with it. <laughs> this is a reason why 
I say you could take any pile of trash because you'll be running secret rendezvous. This is the secret over. What if I'm not playing a secret pile of trash, but a secret pile of undervalued cards that are so (laughs) good? All right, Mr. Fledgling Osprey. All right. There's the Fledgling Osprey's secret S. It is so good. Is that what you're trying to say? It's painful truths, right? It's like right up there, right? No. Okay. Okay. So... I can understand if you're mono white and you're really desperate and you're just like, Not oh my either. God, I have no way to draw cards. I guess I got to, you know, uh, deal with this necessary evil of secret rendezvous and, and stick it in my deck. I can kind of see that, but arguing that it's actually good. Like if you just think about how it works, it's like, objectively not good you're spending three mana you're ending up with three cards you're giving your opponent three cards they didn't spend any mana like it's like think about it this way right so normally in a game of commander right it's your seven cards versus your opponent's 27 cards there's three people at the table right so that ratio is one to three when you draw mm-hmm. three for yourself and three for the weakest player you're decreasing that ratio you're drawing more cards <laughs> For yourself. Wait. Right? Like, it's, but it's imagine actually if, better, but, right? But what if you just draw three and don't give the weakest player three, and then it's yeah. a, How well, many three mana draw threes? What if you're magic, the weakest player, Richard? Right? What if you're the weakest player? Yeah, you, you can't target yourself else? as the opponent. You won't be, because you cast Secret Rendezvous. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, like, there's not many three mana draw threes in Magic, right? There's only Painful Truths. Yeah. Right? I, no, that's... I think in, in 2021, as much as card draw in white is a meme, <laughs> I think this is actually just, it doesn't make the cut. Maybe in like 2010, Magic no, no, the Gathering, no, no. this made the cut. I played in Selesnia <laughs> decks. I played in Azorius <laughs> decks. Oh, God. <laughs> I've not even checked my deck list. No, like, he, check the deck lying. list on Commander You're also Clash. running, you're, you're, what would you rate Cartographer's Hawk? Just out of curiosity. <laughs> I think it's an A. Oh, I think it's an A. Like oh, I, I would know Joe Francis as an B. S if you could oh. cast it in all decks, but it's double white, oh, so it's hard. Cartographer's Hawk is better than this, though. I will like Cartographer's Hawk. I would, is better I would than agree. I would agree. The Cartographer's and I rate Cartographer's Hawk a C. One day you're you're gonna see that giving one person at the table, typically the weakest person, something is an upside. Right, just like we saw milling as bad. You're like, why would you mill yourself? That's ridiculous, right? Why would you pay life to cast spells? That's ridiculous, right? Why would you give your opponents life? One day we're gonna see in multiplayer, giving another person cards is good, and it also makes more fun, right? Like we've all had that person, let's say Krim, stuck on two lands because <laughs> he decided to shadow skull smashing some stuff, right? Like you could secret rendezvous him to get him back in the game and have an interactive four-player game, right? Like. It's just so good. Everyone should play it. I 5-0 split that, all right? And that was 5-0 split good. And guess what? I lived long enough, okay? I feel like there's like a 90% chance Richard is just insane. And then like a 10% chance he's (laughs) just like a visionary genius that's like (laughs) five years ahead of his time. Richard comes up with these like crazy ideas just to troll the table and to like spark controversy. But I actually believe it's a really good card. Look, I like no, you don't. Possible. <laughs> I like Canadian. Like, he does. I like Canadian. playing it. I like Canadian entire. It helps the table, but it helps me the most. Okay. That's you got, the main You guys meme Dowsing Dagger. You guys meme Covenant yeah. Jewel. Look, <laughs> look, I mean, Covenant Jewel is still kind of meme <laughs> All Secret Rendezvous had to do is either draw me more cards or make my opponent spend more mana than me to cast it. That's it. And then I would say this is a good card. Like if Secret Rendezvous just said uh, three mana, 
draw five, and your opponent gets to draw three. A plus for me. I'm that up card a card. That card is like so ridiculously broken. <laughs> no, I'm up, but, I'm, broken. <laughs> but I'm up a card, and they they still got to draw three for zero mana. I had to spend three mana. They got they had to spend zero. They got three cards for free. I got I went up four because so, I had to spend a so card. So obviously, to cast three mana draw three with no downside is better, right? Obviously, painful truths is better, but that's one card. What other three mana draw three is there in the format, right? There's uh, the blue one, the one blue blue. Oh. If you have a uh, city's yeah, blessing. the ascend that you guys mock me for playing all the time. Yes, yeah. that, one is, <laughs> that one is also pretty good, but it's a late game spell, right? You can't well, do it like on just, turn three. Oh, just because well, just because well. There you go. Just because that's, yes. that's temporary. That's temporary. And like you need a commander out, which is hard to do on turn three unless you're playing, you know, Rogak. <laughs> Richard might be winning me over. Not that it's no. good. Okay, but maybe that, that maybe giving your opponent's your cards is like. Maybe if, giving if your I, opponent's cards isn't as bad as I think it is. Maybe I'm like biased because I play so many 60 card formats and I'm just so used to like. Uh, you know, like you wouldn't cast this yeah, yeah, one this in modern. Like it would absolutely this. wreck you. So maybe, maybe my uh, my thinking on commander needs to evolve. And Richard's just way ahead of the rest of us. And he's actually like had this, I don't know, this flash of genius about how it's okay <laughs> to give your opponent's cards, and we just haven't caught up yet. Like it, it's not impossible. <laughs> I'm not saying it's likely, but it, there's some chance that that's happening. Right, here. So give me a C. Give me a C. I'll give you. I'll give you a C. I'll give you a that's C. That's right. I'll give, I, I can't go above that, but I'll give you a C. Fledgling off. Osprey and Bird Tribal. <laughs> Look, deck. that's a meme. It's just a little crazy when it that's comes to that. Beats us with us. The secret rendezvous is what makes those birds work. Are you sure it isn't Toski? Is what makes those birds. Yeah, it's also Toski. Oh, it's also Toski. Okay, Toski is the supporter in all of this. One of these things are not like the other. Sorry. Uh, I'm sticking to my D's. I'm sorry, Richard. Yeah, this is never going in a deck of mine. I just want to clip this. In four years, we're going to come back and all cards in Commander will be like this. And we're like, why would you not spend three mana to draw six for you and your ally? Yeah, why wouldn't you go down a card compared to your opponent? <laughs> because you have nothing better to do. There's no other three mana draw threes. If this were three you mana, okay, draw You draw cards four. in white without drawing three for three. I don't know. Run good cards. There's Welcome <laughs> Vampire. There's Mentor of the Meek. That requires synergies to draw, to draw cards. cards. What if you're mana screwed and you can't make your fourth land drop, right? You need the burst of card draw. Like, not, you know... I'll convince you. I, I, I'm gonna, no. I, I, I already played Control decks. I literally played Azorius Control <laughs> with Secret Rendezvous in it. <laughs> I will show I'd you. Rather, and, I'd and rather run us. Liar's Pendulum. I'd rather run <laughs> Liar's <laughs> Pendulum in this card. Those are funny. I, I will have to keep playing this. I have to play white the rest of my life just to show. I'll run live. I'll run Lies Pendulum. It's gonna pop off, and I'll be like, "See, this is better than Secret Rendezvous. Everybody, buy it out right now." Maybe, maybe that's another A card. You know, it's you know, it there could be multiple A cards. Tober could use it politically. I, I, I need right. to buy this card out before everyone gets wins. <laughs> uncommon. You need, to, you need to sign them first. We can put them on the store as like a. Is, it's good. Oh, you guys need right. me for Dowsing Dagger for so long. Wait, I just gotta. Turn it's wait, I like Dowsing Dagger. It's because you always have Dowsing yeah. Dagger on two. That's why it's yeah, the, good. Yeah, the meme is you I have got, it on two. I got two. Seth That's on the Vesuva Thespian card. stage. I'll get him a secret yeah, but... he, he, He's slowly getting there. I'm getting yeah. him. I figure Richard wins all the time, so he must be doing something right, even if it, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like everybody buy out Kurtago, do <laughs> rushing. You heard it here, folks. Card Kingdom. All right. I gotta Card call Card Kingdom. Get them to stock up secret rendezvous before right. the spike happens. <laughs> 
All right, everybody, we did a top 10, and then we did a round of our honorable mentions. So at this point, you probably have a good idea of what Secret we Rendezvous think. Secret Rendezvous is more of like a, an honorable, like a dishonorable mention, I think. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, we have already settled. It's in the top 10 list. It's okay, in the video. Okay. Oh, it's, okay. it's not in top 10 list. It's definitely, it's definitely mentioned. How about that? It's mentioned. All right. We did mention it. We will it's not in the podcast. Secret Rendezvous anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting it at this point. All right. So hopefully that helps you with your uh, decision making, your last minute buy list or whatever on 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 what cards you want to pick up from this year. I know going into this podcast, I literally did not remember what cards were printed this year. I had to I had to look them up because the last couple of years have all been a blur. So. If, if it's been the same for you, hopefully these lists helped you. And if you are familiar with these cards, hopefully our four differing perspectives may have uh, changed your opinion on one or more cards, not counting Secret Rendezvous. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh I, we need to add to them for that. So we ranked like literally like 40 cards. So oh, yeah. we will post it in the article on the website and also in the description on YouTube. Uh, so if you're listening on Spotify, you can head there and see how we ranked like what we thought were like the 40-ish best cards. We basically took every card that seemed playable from the last year and we ranked them all, and that's how we came up with this list. Indeed. So we only went for our best hitters and for the honorable ones, the spiciest discourse only. Um, so if you want to do the full thing, yep, just check out check out the comment section and whatnot. Uh, it will be attached. And that's it for our show, everybody. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for reaching all the way to the end. Be sure to like and subscribe to help the channel grow. You know the whole deal. And that's it, everybody. See ya.